Let us pray. Heavenly Father, may we not be like the Israelites who saw all of those great miracles that you performed, bring them out of Egypt, and you led them through the Red Sea and into the wilderness and provided so abundantly for them, and yet how quickly they fell away and forgot what you did and complained and turned away from you. Lord, may we hear your word this morning, and may we obey and follow and trust that you will provide for all that we need, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what you have called us to. So speak now, Lord, to us from your word. We ask in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Have you noticed when reading the scriptures that God loves to hand out impossible assignments? I try to imagine how some of these people felt when God spoke to them. Noah, build a boat 450 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 45 feet high. By the way, it's going to take you about 100 years to finish that job. <laughs> Moses, I know you're 80 years old and you're ready to retire. I want you to go rescue the nation of Israel. Go to Pharaoh, the most powerful ruler in the world, and tell him to let my people go. Oh, and by the way, he will not agree. But don't worry. He'll give it, he will have to give in, give in eventually. Gideon, I know your clan is the weakest, and you are the least among your father's house. I want you to rescue Israel from the Midianite army of 100,000 warriors with just a little band of 300 men. David, I know you're just a teenager, and that giant stands four feet higher than you and is covered with the latest armor and is trained for years for battle. But you can take it. Here's my favorite. Jonah, arise and go to the city of Mosul and preach against ISIS, for its wickedness has come against me. Um, excuse me, I think I meant to say Nineveh, which was located where modern-day Mosul is. <laughs> and by the way, the Assyrians were the most feared terrorist group of their day. I'll have more to say to that next on that next Sunday, so you'll have to come back. But you get the idea? God calls his people to do big jobs, impossible jobs. Sure, he calls people who are gifted and skilled, but their natural talents aren't nearly enough to fulfill their assignments. Now, in today's gospel reading, the disciples followed Jesus to a remote location. And here's the context. John the Baptist has been executed by Herod. Jesus and the disciples, several of them were disciples of John, need to be alone. They need to grieve. They need to deal with their loss. But And Jesus has a place in mind. But when they arrive at that location, guess what? 
The crowd has followed them. There's a big crowd waiting. And it says Jesus had compassion on them. And he went to work. And he healed their sick. After many hours, the sun is setting. The disciples think enough is enough. But the crowd won't get the hint. They won't leave. So the disciples have a very logical solution. They go to Jesus and say, this is a desolate place. The sun is setting. Send the crowds away to the villages so they can buy food for themselves. Jesus answered, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Now let's put ourselves in their sandals. What were the disciples feeling, thinking? It says there were about 5,000 men plus women and children. So the disciples were looking at feeding perhaps upwards of 20,000 people. How? In other accounts, this one, this is the single miracle that, by the way, is recorded in all four Gospels. The disciples complained to Jesus that it would take eight months of wages to feed everyone. So let me put it in today's context. Let's suppose the disciples know there's a McDonald's about three miles down the road. The disciples confer among themselves. Let's see, we're going to need about 10,000 Big Macs, about 10,000 kids meals. Judas, you do the math. Uh, we're looking at about $25,000. Well, Judas, you have the purse. How much do we have? He looks in there, counts it up. We have about 500 bucks. Okay, all of you empty your pockets. They grab some change. We have a few dollar bills. Maybe it adds up to about 600. Not nearly enough to do the job. Andrew holds up a bag. I've got five loaves of bread here and two fish, but that's not even enough to feed the 12 of us. Those loaves, by the way, were quite small. They were meant one or two of those were to feed, to provide for your lunch uh, um, at that time. So naturally, they all turn to Jesus. Lord, there's no way we can do this. Jesus points to Andrew and says, bring me your lunch. The crowd is told to sit down. Jesus says, grace begins to break the loaves and fish and hand them to the disciples. You know the result. Everyone, all 20,000 people in the crowd get plenty to eat. And they wind up with 12 baskets of scraps left over. There's a vitally important truth here that we need to understand. God loves to hand out impossible assignments. And the reason is that the kingdom of God, it's not about showing off how great we are. It's about demonstrating how great our King Jesus is. All through scriptures, God calls men and women to assignments that are absolutely doomed to failure unless he shows up. And it's no different today. I wish there was time to tell you several stories, such as the time Christians in China requested that our ministry organization that I worked with would deliver one million desperately needed Bibles to the church 
in a single night. It took 18 months to pull all the pieces together and many miracles. And the Bibles were successfully delivered under the nose of the Chinese Navy and Army. They never saw the tug pulling the barge carrying 234 tons of Bibles to 2,000 Christians waiting on the shore to take delivery and share and deliver them throughout the country. We call this Project Pearl or the Night of a Million Miracles. I could give you many personal examples, like the time God called me to go to the Soviet Union in 1989 and sign up my publishing company to exhibit Christian books and distribute 10,000 Bibles at the Moscow International Book Fair. And my experience in Red Square, where God revealed that he heard the cries of the persecuted believers in the country and that I was going to have a part in ministering to them. And then for the eight, last 18 years, where my wife and I have seen God put us in situation after situation where we were powerless unless God showed up and acted. This, men and women, is the work of faith. When you hear God's call and you feel inadequate, you should rejoice because God is about to do something that will bring him glory. We, as citizens of the kingdom of God, are called to bear witness to our king. The world should look at us and conclude, what a great God you have. Is that really the case today? I mean, certainly, we can do so much more for God than those disciples 2,000 years ago, can't we? After all, we're more educated. We have more knowledge, we have incredible technology, we have Facebook and Twitter and internet search engines. We are so much more advanced than those Israelites two or three thousand years ago. So if God calls me, I'm ready. Just watch what I can do for God. No, I'm sorry, but that is not God's way. He wants to do so much more than we can think or imagine. But the first and most important step is that we have to know him. We have to know God. We have to commit to a relationship with him in order to learn his ways. Then we are prepared. Moses, for example, spent 40 years in the wilderness, God's training ground, leading sheep around. And when he thought that life was nearly over, God called him. David knew from years of tending sheep where he spent time getting to know God. Many of his psalms were probably composed during that time. And after his triumph over uh, Goliath, spent 12 years in the wilderness on the run from Saul and his army. The disciples spent three years with Jesus learning getting to know him. And then when, as we saw a few weeks ago, Jesus gave the Great Commission. How did Jesus end that? He said, go into all nations, making disciples, teaching them everything I've taught you. But the keys, the very end, lo, I am with you, even unto the end of the age. We can't do any of this if we're not in relationship with our Lord.
then we are prepared for God's call. And then we know that he will provide the resources that we need. Moses was called to go to Pharaoh and deliver a message from God. And to verify that message, Moses was told to hold out his staff. And when he did, miracles occurred. The Nile River turned to blood. Frogs came out and overran the country. A monstrous hailstorm destroyed crops. Ten such miracles. And then again, when the Israelites were trapped at the Red Sea, Moses was ordered to hold out his staff. We recited that in our psalm this morning. How God divided the sea and let them pass through it. So I ask you, how many miracles did Moses perform? Not a single one. God performed all the signs. All Moses had to do was one thing. He had to obey God's instructions. Do you have any situations where you feel helpless? Could be a challenging situation with a child or in a marriage. You might have an impossible boss at work. Maybe God's called you to reach out to one or more of your neighbors or to get involved in some social problem in our society. And you hardly know where to start. The scriptures encourage us to keep the right perspective. Let's look at our Old Testament reading this morning in Nehemiah, who says, 40 years you sustained them, the Israelites, in the wilderness, and they lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell. We're also warned what happens when we fail to respond to God's call in our psalm. The Ephraimites, armed with a bow, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant, but refused to walk according to his law. They forgot his works and the wonders that he had shown them. And what were the wonders? We already noted how God divided the sea. The psalmist goes on to say, in the daytime he led them with a cloud, and at night with a fiery light he split rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink abundantly as from the deep. From the deep. That's the challenge to trust God to meet all of our needs. You know, we can always find excuses for holding back. I don't have enough money. I can't afford, you know, how is my family going to be provided for? What about my retirement? We can think of all kinds of reasons why we should not obey God's call. We can logically explain why loving by faith makes no human sense. But let's go back to our gospel. Notice what happens when Jesus tells the disciples to feed the crowd. They come back to Jesus and say, we can't do it. And he asks them to give them what little they have. Interestingly, he ignores the money. He doesn't multiply their money. He takes the bread and the fish and begins to hand it to the twelve. Now, I kind of wish I'd been there to see what happened then. Did the disciples start handing it out and it just kept going? Or did they hand out what they had and then they, what do you do now? Well, you go back to Jesus. Lord, I need more. Either way, it's Jesus that clearly provided what they needed. And guess what the 12 discovered? 
His resources are unlimited. He keeps giving them the bread and the fish. And when everyone is fed, the disciples grab baskets and go around to collect the scraps. And guess what? They're not going to be hungry either. They've got more than enough to feed them as they go back across the Sea of Galilee. This is how we are able to serve King Jesus today. We are invited to follow him and get to know him and then allow him to put us in situations where if the Holy Spirit doesn't show up, we're doomed. This morning, it's a very special privilege to commission one of our own on a special assignment. As you know, Dr. Shelley Oliver is a gifted person. She has studied and worked hard for years to become an orthopedic surgeon. God has already sent her on assignment to the Philippines. And for the past several months, she's been at home, listening, seeking God, preparing for a new assignment. She departs, is it Tuesday that you depart, Shelley? She departs Tuesday. I want to emphasize that as gifted as our sister is, it's not nearly enough. God is putting her in a place and a situation where she must totally trust him. She's going to see miracles that will be a witness to the people among whom she works. But there's something else I want us to also understand as a congregation. Shelley is headed to the front lines of spiritual battle. She absolutely must have our support. We at Christ Our Hope must provide that support. It's one way God provides for people in missions. She will depend on our prayers. She needs us to engage in spiritual battle, in intercession, calling down divine resources for the situation she's going to encounter in that hospital in Niger. So here's the plan. We at Christ Our Hope are going to be her support team. Today we are going to commit to intercede for her. I know Shelley has a prayer team that she communicates with via email. If you're not part of that team, I would invite you before you leave this morning to, or if before you sign off on Zoom, to give her or Christine or me your email address. And Shelley will add you to her list so that you can receive her prayer updates. Also, when you leave this morning, Jill has provided for us 10 prayers from Scripture that you can pray daily for our sister. Further, we need to encourage her. If you are reading Scripture and are prompted to pray out of that for her, drop her a short note. Not an epistle. She doesn't have time to read long emails. <laughs> But just a sentence or two to let her know a promise that you are claiming for or a prayer that you are praying. There may be other ways you are prompted to engage in this battle. For example, I was looking at the Cure International website, and I'm sure the organization would love to have your support. Some of us may be led to give and support that work. There may be other creative ways I haven't thought of. Remember, when you pray, God may prompt you to be part of the answer to your prayers. So listen for God's leading and obey however he leads. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.